Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joyful Courage podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the parenting journey. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, and parent coach, and I am thrilled that you are once again listening in. If you find yourself laughing, taking notes, and or excited about what you hear on today's show, please do me a favor and pay it forward. Share this episode with your friends, families, neighbors, strangers in the grocery store. Your sharing is the reason that I'm able to show up for you each week, and I am so deeply honored to do so. I'm really excited about my guest today. I don't know how excited he is, but I have managed to talk my husband into coming on the podcast. And the reason I did that is because this week, as you all know, is Father's Day. And I thought it would be really fun to have a show celebrating my favorite father, my husband, Ben. So I just want to say, hi, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> I know that you're a little bit nervous or you have some feels going on about being on the show. So let's just start right off the bat with trusting that we're going to have the exact conversation that we're meant to have. Can you do that? The listeners cannot see you nodding your head. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So a little context to start us off. Ben and I met. We were 21 and 22 years old. Feels like a lifetime ago. And we got married when we were 25 and 26 and had Rowan, the 14-year-old that you all hear me talk about so much. I was 29 and Ben was 30. So Ben, what were you expecting about fatherhood before you became a dad? Like, how did you think about being a father? What did you think it was going to be like? I just pretty much didn't want to hurt a little baby do something wrong and like that but after I realized she wasn't that breakable then I'm mainly concerned about just providing yeah providing for the family providing for the family right yeah so you were an amazing birth partner listeners I'm sorry but I have the best birth partner that there ever was Ben was so rock solid for me 
during that first birth. Um, what do you remember the most about Rowan's birth when you think back to it? Um, mainly that it just took forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that I knew that there was going to be an, there was an end, there was an end in sight. There, there had to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rowan took forever. She was a really long labor and we were at the birth center and were you ever afraid? No, I was never afraid. I was pretty confident. Yeah. So what helped you in your confidence as a birth partner, would you say? Um, just kind of watching you, knowing that if there's something wrong, then you'd be like a radar dish. <laughs> so I just kept an eye on you. Well, and we did Bradley childbirth classes. I roped Ben into Bradley Childbirth classes, everyone. It's like an eight-week program. And the classes were like two and a half hours long, right? I think at least. Yeah, they were so long. And it was every Saturday for eight weeks. And I think that really helped us. What do you think? Ultimately, I think it did. Because there were certain milestones along the, the birth that I knew that was to expect, you know. Right. So learning about like the signposts and right, just having more confidence in like your birth plan. Yeah, I, right. what I loved about those classes were that we learned about how like what was happening in my body during labor versus just breathing techniques. Like that was super helpful. Knowing like oh this is the point where the cervix is open or opening, and this is the sensations that you're gonna feel. Like, it was more sciencey than it was, just breathe it out. Right. So we had Ian about two and a half years later at home in a birth tub. He was the second baby, Sorry. right? That's okay. Uh, how was, what did you remember about the second birth being, how was it different for you? It was a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a freight train, you know, the castor oil freight train. And uh, it just seemed like <laughs> he came fast. You know, you wanted to push while on the toilet, and she was like, no, no, no. Get in the tub. I did want to push on the toilet. Well, and Ian was 11 days past due. And with Rowan, I had had the massage therapist mess with pressure points. I think that's what got her started a little sooner than she needed to. And with Ian, it was like, no intervention. And then he was 11 days past the stupid due date. And then my water broke, but contractions didn't start. So you got to be a master chef. Make the weird, what is it? Castor oil castor omelet. Castor oil omelet. Right. Yeah, any listeners out there have castor oil to induce labor? Holy cow. It was crazy. And it was like a freight train. It was like, whoa. Later. Yeah. Fast, right? Yeah. And so, as you know, my husband, my biggest fan, and you even sometimes listen to the podcast, I talk a lot about expanding perspective and shifting our lens when it comes to parenting. So what are some ways that fatherhood has expanded you in your mindset of life and being? 
Um, I guess that it's not all about when they're little. What do you mean? Like you think like, oh, I got it because they're 18 months old or, you know, a couple years old or five years old. Then they get bigger. There's more challenges, right? And they're 14 and 11 now, so you have to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, how have been, how is that? What have they taught you? Cause I talk a lot about how the kids are my teacher and they put up a mirror and I get to realize like, Oh, I have some control issues. Maybe I should do something about it. What are some of the lessons like that kind of self self perception lessons that the kids have taught to you? Would you say? Hmm. I guess they're always gonna, I don't know, put me in my place, making sure I'm walking the fine line. Mm, doing what you say you're gonna do? Doing what I say gonna do, and if it's a maybe, then it means, <coughs> it, it means probably yes on their eyes, so. Yeah. <laughs> Are you tortured right now? I'm not tortured. <laughs> How does it feel to be married to a parent coach? How was that experience? Do you love it? Um, <laughs> I'm here with you right now. Yeah? Yeah. I love you. Thank you. Is it annoying sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's annoying to me too sometimes, so I guess we're even. Okay. <laughs> and we as a family, we as a couple, we do our best to practice positive discipline which as you listeners know is really solution oriented skill building relationship based way of being with our kids and a lot of times it goes against the grain of that kind of traditional rewards and punishment um, theory which is you know do the right thing and give them something do the wrong thing take something away so what has been your experience with doing it different what has your been your experience with learning and practicing positive discipline well let's say at first it was kind of hard because when they did something wrong you'll you know your first instinct is to give them a whack on the butt (laughs) but you realize that doesn't help anything doesn't doesn't change anything right no it just teaches them how to hit so i'd say i mean it's been challenging, but for the long haul, I'd say it's totally worth it. Yeah. Because look at him now. I mean, Ian's got great skills. Yeah. For his, you know, his age and his. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types. 
shapes, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. group. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's, and I think that we're not unique in that. I think that many of us have been raised in homes and I mean, we're really raised in a rewards and punishment society. Mm -hmm. So what I heard you say is the instinct is alive, right? The instinct to nip something in the bud, whether it's yelling or taking something away or, you know, spanking them on the bottom lives inside of us. And it's a lot of work to recognize that and choose to do something different yeah but that the benefits are great yeah i agree yeah yeah so my experience of parenting with you has been well first of all listeners you ought to know that ben has really good temperament for positive discipline because he shows up as a pretty chill guy i don't know if that's coming across But Ben's pretty mellow, and he has always been really open to my sharing, although I know that I could do always do a better job of how I deliver my sharing to him, right? Would you agree? I don't know. You're just you, and <laughs> that's how it is. What? So there's a lot of parents that I work with, moms, who – have partners that really subscribe to that rewards and punishment mentality. And there are, you know, a lot of times I get people saying like, how do I get my husband on board? How can I share with my partner? Um, what advice would you give to the moms out there who want to share, you know, whether it's a podcast or a blog post or a book or just, you know, even like 
hey, I've you know been practicing something different. You might want to give it a try. What kind of advice can you give to the moms out there about how to talk to their husbands in a way that helps the husbands to hear them? Maybe just try something different because obviously what you're doing is not working. Telling the husband, why don't you try something different because what you're doing isn't working. So pointing it out. You went in the gentle way, right? You don't want to be saying that, but... Right, because I feel like I'm really blessed, even though I'm not even always super graceful at it. You've, you're you somebody who's been really open and accepting of my offers of like, hey, this is what I've been working on, and it's really helpful. You should give it a try. So, and and sometimes I know that I'm not helpful, and... Sometimes it shows up as kind of hurtful. I'm thinking about when I gave Ben this sign in the car recently where I took my finger and I I went across my neck like, stop talking. That kind of ticked you off. You didn't really like that. No. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so what do you think is helpful? Like in the conversations, you know, how do we – because sometimes it feels like men and women mm-hmm. speak a different language. Right, and so what's what's a what is make what makes it easier to receive information from me? I guess is my question. Um, maybe when you make it like more, it's my idea. Like it's your idea. You know. Okay. What do you know? I'm talking about. Yeah, give me an example. I can't really think of something, but instead of saying, "Well, why don't you try it like this?" It's saying, "Well." Oh, I like how you did this. Why don't, you know? Yeah, so noticing noticing when things are going well and kind of expanding on that. Right. Oh, yeah, that's encouraging, and that's interesting because it's totally one of the skills that we use with our kids, and that's something else, listeners, that you've heard me say before, and I can't say it enough. This We call it parenting, but really it's humaning. So, you know, it's about being in relationship with the other humans, which is dignity, respect, connection, all of those things come into play, whether you're talking to your child or your partner. Um, thanks, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about being a dad? You're not done yet. My favorite thing about being a dad? Yeah. Well, it used to be when I came home from work at every night and they'd come run into the door, but they don't do that anymore. <laughs> so I come out. Isn't that exciting? Sometimes you come out. <laughs> Um, What's your favorite thing right now? They're 11 and 14. Getting up on the weekends. When we all get up, checking, checking in with each other. You know, are you going to get a coffee? Can I go with you? Okay. That kind of thing. It's kind of like that. Okay. What does joyful courage mean to you? It just means, well, right now it just means what you're all about. Your joyful courage. Right, but what is it? What's that? What do those two words together mean to you? And I ask this, just so you know, I ask this question to all of my guests, and everybody has a different answer. There's no right answer here. But when you hear those two words together, what do you, you think of me? (laughs) Because it's plastered all over our world, but also. To be, to have the courage to be happy about it, I guess. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for being on my podcast, Ben. You're welcome. All right. Well, surprise, surprise. I have a couple other guests that are going to be on this show today. 
And one of them is my daughter, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on my podcast. You're welcome. How do you feel about talking into the mic? Mm, It's kind of uncomfortable, but it's good. What's uncomfortable about it? I'm sitting on my elbows. Well, oh, like physically uncomfortable? Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to be in that position. We can get another chair. I like this chair. Okay. So Rowan's here, and um, you all got to hear me in conversation with my husband, Ben, and what he doesn't know is that the kids are going to come on and talk about him as a dad. So surprise, 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 Ben, surprise. So Rowie, Rowie. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. What is? Um, let's see. Where should we start? What is when, when you look back over like earlier years of life? Maybe not so much right now, but when you think about kind of some of the routines and the things that Daddy has done to be in connection with you what comes up as some of your favorite things that dad has done like when we lived at our old house and uh, after bedtime like we got ready for bed then we'd like wrestle for a little bit yeah but only like one night a week like special nights yeah you remember wrestling what did you love about wrestling Mm, I I felt like he was like throwing me around I don't know (laughs) yeah did you feel safe yeah. He was your big, strong dad, huh? Mm-hmm. Do you remember um, early years when he would work out of town? Do you remember that he would always read to you every night on the phone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there were times where I had to take the, the phone. Like, you would fall asleep and Daddy would still be reading. <laughs> and I would take the phone. What about now? I mean, you're 14, right? You're 14. You're not a little girl anymore. You're 14. It's super weird and crazy and awesome. But what are some things that you appreciate about Daddy now? Well, every morning he brings me a smoothie. Yeah? Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I wake up before him, but then, like, he goes downstairs and makes a smoothie, and then when I'm getting ready for school, he brings it to me. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. 
All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Yeah, and what do you love about that? Mm, like just seeing him before I go to school, I guess. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What else? What else do you appreciate about your dad? He always wants to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Here, lean back. He does always want to hang out with you. And uh, spoiler spoiler alert to the listeners, once they become teenagers, they are less interested in hanging out with their parents, right? Yeah. So if somebody's listening right now, and maybe they have a daughter who's a teen or a tween, and they, you know, and they would want to connect, they want to feel connected, what are some tips that you have for parents who just want to connect and they're not really sure how to make it happen? Um, let let them have their space, but then, like... Let them have their space. Yeah, don't be too, I want to hang out with you. Like, don't be, like, that parent. Right? Am I like that sometimes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? So give them space, but then on the other side, would you say that we should just, like, not, you know, just, like, oh, well, they're teenagers. They're not going to want to hang out with us ever, so I'll stop uh, asking. Like, once a week. Or, like, not that long, but, like, like five minutes. Or, no? Like, well, ten I'm just, minutes? I don't know. Ten minutes once a week to hang out with want. you? No, like, a day, or I guess. Yeah. Well, what's helpful to you? Like, when you, because I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. You and like I have a really car. good, I have good connection. Like, hanging out in the car. Hanging out in the car? Yeah. While you're on Snapchat? Yeah. No, that's not no. hanging out. No, I don't know that's not. Yeah, but what about the dads? Like, the dads are super tight with their little girls, and then their little girls turn into teenagers. And it becomes hard for them to know how to connect. So what are some ways that daddy connects with you? You talked about the smoothie. What else? When we are, like, driving places or something, we talk. Yeah? hmm Who do you – is it helpful? Okay. So open-ended questions probably are good in those conversations, yeah. right? What's your favorite qualities about your dad? Mm, he's really sweet. He is really easy to persuade. <laughs> <laughs> to go to Dairy Queen? Yeah, or anywhere. <laughs> um, he's caring and he's, he'd make a joke out of everything. Even if like, okay, you should make a joke about that, but he still does and it's still funny. Yeah, you know I mean? he is. He's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything you want to say to Daddy for Father's Day? Happy Father's Day. I love you. <laughs> I love. All right. Well, thank you, Rowan. I appreciate you coming down here and taking time to be on my I podcast. I appreciate Dad. Awesome. And you. Thanks. Thanks. Great. 
All right, my next special guest for this Father's Day special episode is my son, Ian, my 11-year-old. Hi, Ian. Hi. You have to get closer to the mic. Hi. Sorry, listeners. I know that you have to keep hearing me tell my guests that, but they don't realize how close to the mic they need to be. So, Ian, do you know what we're going to talk about? I have no clue. We're going to talk about Daddy. Oh, now I have a clue. What are some of your favorite things about your dad? Um, he's nice. <laughs> well, he's always nice. He's fun to play with. Like other, the other day, we were playing um, basketball in the front yard. Yeah. Yeah. So he's fun to play with. You guys went yeah. disc golfing yesterday. Mm-hmm. He buys his Dairy Queen a lot. <laughs> That's funny. That came up with your sister when we were talking about Daddy too. He's easily persuaded into Dairy Queen. Yes. Yeah. When you remember, when you think back to being a little kid, because you're such a big kid now at 11, um, when you think back to being a little kid, what do you remember as some of your favorite things that he used to do with you when you were a little kid? Um, he used to, we used to ride bikes around the golf course when we lived in the old house. Yeah. Do you remember riding on the trail behind bike? The, the, the what was it called? Don't do that. The trail behind, the one that was connected to the big bike. Do you remember that? Um, vaguely. Yeah? Not really. Not really. I remember when we used to do those bike rides and we had that one hill by the golf course that we used to have to go up. And I thought it was such a big hill. (laughs) And then, and then we moved to this house and we have an extremely big hill. And then now when I look back on that hill, it's just like basically a bump in the road. Yeah. A teeny tiny hill. Yeah. Those were fun times when we'd go on those family bike rides. You like, you like the together time with the family, don't you? Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes when um, the other the other people, like somebody in particular, when they don't really pay attention, they're like, eh, and on their phone, and it's annoying. Oh. Mostly like family time. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What are some of your favorite qualities about daddy? Do you know what I mean by qualities? Qualities? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. Yeah, like qualities, how, like, like how he is. What are some of your some of your favorite qualities about Daddy? Lean into the mic. Um uh, What do you what like do you, about what, him? Um he's fun to play with. Yeah. He rides his Dairy Queen. Yeah. What um, about how he is with you? I he works hard and also um I like it when he like reads to me during bed. Yeah. Don't blow on the microphone. God. Listeners, do you ever light candles? Like you light a candle and you put it in the middle of the of the table and there's always the one kid in the family that starts to breathe really heavy because it's like, how can I blow out that candle? <sighs> That's totally Ian. Don't blow on the microphone. Yeah, so you talk about him reading to you. So you guys have a pretty solid nightly ritual, don't you? Yeah, he comes in my room, he reads, and then he leaves from my room. He comes in your room and he reads, and he reads to you for a long time, doesn't he? Like, usually 30 minutes to like an hour. Yeah. You like that? Is that pretty mm-hmm. special? Yep. What would you like to say to Daddy? I love you. Yeah. We love you, Ben. Thanks for coming and being on the podcast, Ian. You're welcome. Thank you so much, listeners, for 
listening in and giving me space to have my family on the podcast. That was really fun and also made me realize that not everybody is as comfortable with this microphone as I am. Um, What a joy and a privilege it was to have my family come on and chat with me. Big love to Ben, my my wonderful husband of almost 18 years, my sweet daughter and my sweet son. Uh, yeah, they are nothing but supportive of me and of, of this journey and my work. And I'm just, I'm just honored and grateful. I'm honored and grateful. If you're a new listener, welcome. I don't normally interview my husband <laughs> and my kids, uh, but you just tuned in in just the right moment. Um, Thank you for being here. And if you haven't already, head on over into the social media world and find me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Joyful Courage, always trying to grow the communities there. We have an amazing discussion forum at Live and Love with Joyful Courage. It's a Facebook group that you are more than welcome to join and be a part of. Just feeling so much love and awe and humility every single day as I witness this community grow and love and celebrate and support each other. So grateful. This work is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's really about raising a generation of children who feel deeply connected and respected and loved in a way that also provides them with the life skills that they need to be super amazing, contributing cooperative adults. So that's my mission. If that's your mission, feel free. Like I mentioned at the beginning, please share the podcast put it out in the world. Let's get ever more people in the audience speaking the language and uh, and practicing the tools. Big love to all of you. Have a beautiful Father's Day, dads. Thank you for all you do for the parenting journey as well. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.